49. Cooler irritability, which is sometimes so great as to produce contractility of the uterus before the term of pregnancy is completed, inflammation of the cervix, ulcerations of the uterus, or any previously existing disease may produce abortion, when it has once taken place, it is apt to recur at about the same time in subsequent pregnancies, the death of the fetus may be occasioned by a diseased condition of the embryo, amnion, or placenta, and also by convulsions or peritoneal inflammation, criminal abortion is secretly practiced by women who desire to rid themselves of the evidence of immorality, and by those in wedlock who wish to avoid the care and responsibility of rearing offspring, statistics show that it is very prevalent, undermining the health of women and corrupting the morals of society, we cannot pass over the subject in silence, those who frustrate the processes of nature by violating the laws of life encourages penalties, all the functions of life and body are vitally concerned in reproduction, any infraction of the divine law, thou shalt not kill, is inevitably followed by punishment, the obligations to nature cannot be evaded without inevitable penal effects, furthermore, all such transgressors carry with them the consciousness of guilt and the feeling of secret woe, oh God, that horrid, horrid dream besets me now awake, again, again, with dizzy brain, the human life I take, and my red right hand grows raging hot, like Cranmer's at the stake, Hid. what shall we say concerning abortionists, men and women who are willing to engage in the murder of innocents for pay, true, there may be circumstances in which it is not right to continue in the pregnant condition, such as when the children of an unfortunate marriage are idiots, or the pelvis of the woman is so deformed that she cannot bear a living child, all such cases should be submitted to the family physician, who ought to be made acquainted with all the circumstances and facts relating to the case, when he can summon other physicians for counsel, and their deliberations may determine the propriety or necessity of bringing on an abortion, parties have written to us and others have made personal application under circumstances when it might have been right for their family physician to have induced abortion, we wish to have it distinctly understood that we will not under any circumstances prescribe medicines or perform any operation to relieve women of pregnancy. Mechanical means are resorted to by abortionists, and many women produce abortion upon themselves. It always terminates in lasting injury and sometimes in speedy death. Certain medicines will sometimes produce abortion but they are very unsafe. An opinion is very prevalent that if abortion be produced before the movements of the fetus are felt, there is no crime committed, it should be remembered that life begins with conception, and, that whatever period of pregnancy abortion is committed, life is destroyed, whoever disobeys the divine injunction cannot escape his own consciousness of the deed, and the anguish and bitter remorse which ever after disturbed the soul, treatment, in threatened abortion, there is pain in the back or lower part of the abdomen, and later some flow of blood, the first object is to obtain perfect rest and quiet, and assume the recumbent position, by lying down, the blood will be more easily diverted to the surface of the body, gallic acid, in doses of 5 grains every 2 or 3 hours, is often a valuable agent to arrest the hemorrhage, but opium in some form should be relied upon principally, a dover's powder, 10 grains, may be administered, to assist in determining the blood to the surface and extremities of the body and to allay rotation, the room should be cool, the patient should lie on a hard bed, and all company should be avoided, for excitement favors abortion, if the flow of blood equals a gallon amount, there is little hope of preventing abortion, and the treatment of the case should be entrusted to the family physician, woman and her diseases, 
an imaginative poet averse that woman is the link connecting heaven and earth. True at island we see in her the embodiment of purity and heavenly graces, the most perfect combination of modesty, devotion, patience, affection, gratitude and loveliness, and the perfection of physical beauty. We watch with deep interest the steady and gradual development from girlhood to womanhood, when the whole person improves in grace and elegance. The voice becomes more sonorous and melodious, and the angles and curvatures of her contour become more rounded and amplified. Preparatory for her high and holy mission, the uterus, or womb, and ovaries, with which her whole system is in intimate sympathy, render her doubly susceptible to injurious influences and a resulting series of diseases, from which the other sex is entirely exempt. By their sympathetic connections they wield a modifying influence over all the other functions of the system. Physically and mentally, woman is man modified, perfected, the last and crowning handiwork of God. When, therefore, this structure so wonderfully endowed, so exquisitely wrought, and performing the most delicate and sacred functions which God has ever entrusted to a created being, is disturbed by disease, when the nicely adjusted balance of her complex nature deviates from its true and intended poise, the most efficient aid should be extended in order that the normal equilibrium may be regained, her health restored, and her divine mission, on which human welfare so largely depends, be fulfilled, its importance should elicit the best efforts of the highest type of mind, the right development of genius, and the most scientific administration of the choicest, rarest, and purest medicinal elements in the whole range of nature, a vast experience, as the remedial management of diseases of women has, for many years, entered very largely into our practice at the Invalids Hotel and Surgical Institute, located at 663 Main Street, Buffalo, NY comprising the treatment of many thousands of cases annually. We have been afforded great experience in perfecting and adapting remedies for their cure, enabling us to meet their requirements with increased certainty and exactness. Treating the wrong disease, our improved and perfected system of diagnosing, or determining, the exact nature and extent of chronic affections, which, in most cases, we are able to do at a distance, and without a personal examination of the patient, as will be more particularly explained in the appendix, or latter part of this little book, has enabled us to avoid the blunders so often committed by the general practitioner, who not infrequently treats those afflicted with chronic ailments peculiar to women, for long weeks, and perhaps months, without ever discovering their real and true disease or condition. Thus, invalid women are often uselessly subjected to treatment for dyspepsia, heart disease, liver or kidney affections, sick headaches, and various aches and pains, as if they were primary diseases, when in reality, they are only so many local manifestations, or symptoms, of some overlooked derangement, or disease, of the womb. For, as we have already intimated, every organ of the system is in intimate sympathy with the uterus, or womb. Any disease, either functional or organic, of this organ, is at once manifest through several, if not all, the sympathizing organs of the system. When we receive a sharp blow upon the elbow, the pain is felt most keenly in our little finger. Just so in diseases of the womb, often the most distress is felt in organs or parts of the system quite distant from the real seat of disease. On this account, thoughtless, easy-going and ignorant physicians are misled and very commonly mistake the invalid's disease for some affection of the stomach, heart, liver, kidneys, or other organ, when really it is located in the uterus, cure the disease of the womb, 
and all these disagreeable manifestations, or symptoms, vanish, their cause being removed, the various dependent derangements, and disagreeable nervous sensations and sufferings rapidly give way, and vigorous health is firmly re-established, time and perseverance in treatment required to cure, most chronic diseases of women are slow in their inception, or development, and their removal or cure must necessarily be gradual, disease that has been progressing and becoming more firmly established for months, or perhaps years, cannot, except in rare cases, be hastily dislodged, and the system restored to perfect health, the process of cure, like the development and progress of the disease, must be a gradual one, accomplished step by step, often, too, the use of medicines that, if persisted in will prove beneficial and curative, will, for a considerable time, arouse in the system very disagreeable sensations, and many times this leads unthinking persons to become frightened or discouraged, and to quit the treatment best adapted to their cases if only faithfully carried out. In many forms of womb disease, there are organic lesions or changes, that can be repaired only by a gradual process, just as an external wound would heal, not suddenly, but by a constant, slow filling in and building up or by the gradual development or growth of one cell upon another, just as a great breach in a wall would be repaired by filling in brick upon brick, until the defect is effaced, so must these lesions be removed by gradual processes, when fully repaired, the dependent, sympathetic derangements, disagreeable sensations, and all the long train of consequential symptoms are, one by one, abolished, not limited in our remedial resources, it should be borne in mind that, while we recommend, in this little volume, certain courses of treatment for ordinary cases, the remedies mentioned do not by any means embrace all our resources in the way of medicines and other curative agencies, especially for complicated, difficult, or very obstinate cases, in many of the latter class we can send medicines that are exactly adapted to the case, if the invalid will fill out one of our applications for treatment, which may be found folded in the latter part of this book, or which will be sent to any address, on application, by mail, in most womb diseases, the chemical and microscopical examination of the urine also furnishes valuable aid in determining the exact condition of the patient, as well as the precise stage of the local organic disease, full directions for putting up and sending such samples may be found in the appendix of this little volume, every case submitted to us, either by letter or in person receives the careful and deliberate consideration of a full council of specialists before a decision as to the nature of the malady, or the proper course of treatment to be employed, is determined upon. The great advantage of this system of practice must be obvious to every intelligent, thoughtful person. No experimenting is ever resorted to. The treatment is specially and exactly adapted to each individual case, which requires such judgment, skill, and nicety of discrimination as has only been acquired by our specialists through long and diligent study, and in experience embracing the treatment annually of many thousands of cases of those chronic diseases which are peculiar to a women. World's Dispensary Medical Association, 663 Main Street, Buffalo, NY Menstruation and Its Disorders, The Function of the Ovaries is to Furnish Ovar or Germs, and the functions of the uterus or womb are to secrete mucus, to exude the menses, to secrete the decidua, to contain and nourish the fetus and to effect its expulsion, menstruation, or the menses, monthly visitation, catamenia, menstrual flow, courses, or periods, usually makes its appearance in the female between the 12th and 15th years, 
at which time the reproductive system undergoes remarkable changes. A marked characteristic of menstruation is its regular return about every 28 days. The menstrual flow usually continues from 3 to 6 days, and the discharge seems to be ordinary blood, which, during its vaginal passage, becomes mixed with mucus, and is thereby deprived of the power of coagulation. The quantity exuded varies from 2 to 8 ounces, but the amount consistent with the health of one person, may be excessive and weakening in another. This function is regarded as being regular when its effect upon the system is favorable, for whatever organic process directly contributes to the health should be considered as normal. It occurs at regular intervals for about 30 years, when menstruation and the aptitude for conception simultaneously cease. The departures from healthy menstruation are numerous. The most important of these are amenorrhea, dysmenorrhea, and menorrhagia, amenorrhagia. The term amenorrhea signifies the absence of menstruation when it should occur. It may be considered under two general heads, when it fails to be established at the proper age, and when, after having made its appearance, it ceases to return at the usual periods. The term retention has been applied to the first, and that of suppression to the latter. Menstruation may fail to be established in consequence of organic defects, or from some abnormal condition of the blood and nervous system. Malformation of the vagina. Retention of the menses may result from malformation of the vaginal canal, which sometimes terminates before it reaches the womb, being simply a short, closed sac. If the uterus and ovaries are perfect, all the feminine characteristics are manifest, and a vaginal exploration discloses the nature of the difficulty. If, however, the sides of this passage adhere in consequence of previous inflammation, they may be carefully separated by a surgical operation, and this function restored. Absence or malformation of the womb, the uterus may be deformed or entirely absent, and yet there be an inclination, or symptoms indicative of an effort, to establish this function. The individual may be delicate in organization, graceful in bearing, refined and attractive in all feminine ways, and yet this organ may be so defective as to preclude the establishment of the menstrual function. Sometimes there is nearly an occlusion of the mouth of the uterus, the perforation of which removes all difficulty. In others, the neck of the womb is filled with a morbid growth, or the walls of its canal are adherent, as the result of inflammation, and may be separated by a small silver or ivory probe, and the menses be thus liberated. hymen. The hymen is a circular, or semilunar membrane, which imperfectly closes the outer orifice of the vagina in the virgin, when of a semilunar shape. It usually occupies the lower or posterior portion of the canal leaving an opening in the upper or anterior portion, varying from the size of a quilt to that of a thimble, through which the menstrual fluid exudes. This membrane is usually ruptured and destroyed by the first sexual intercourse, and, hence, its presence has been considered evidence of virginity. Its absence, however, must not be considered a conclusive evidence of sexual intercourse, for, as Dr. Dunleyson says, Many circumstances of an innocent character may occasion a rupture or destruction of this membrane. It is often absent in children soon after birth, while it may remain entire after copulation. Hence, the presence of the hymen does not absolutely prove virginity, nor does its absence prove incontinence. Although its presence would be prima facie evidence of continence, sometimes this membrane, when not imperfect, is so thick and strong as to render sexual intercourse impossible and requires a cutting operation to open the vagina. Several such cases have been operated upon at the Invalids Hotel and Surgical Institute, 
it occasionally happens that the hymen is entire, or imperfect, at birth. This may not be discovered before puberty, but when this period arrives and the menstrual discharge takes place into the vagina, the female will suffer from the retention and accumulation of this secretion, and ultimately a tumor or a protrusion of the membrane which closes the vagina will occur, giving rise to severe pain and other serious symptoms. The retained menstrual fluid, increasing in quantity at every monthly period, dilates the womb as well as the vagina, and even the fallopian tubes become distended, presenting at length an urgent necessity for relief. Treatment. This condition admits of relief only by operative surgery. The operation consists in dividing the hymen by a crucial incision, thus allowing the accumulated fluid to be discharged, after which the vagina is cleansed by syringing it with warm water. Absence of the ovaries. Let us suppose the case of a young woman who has fully reached the period of puberty without having menstruated. All the organs which we have described, are manifestly developed. She is healthy, vigorous, robust, and able to exercise freely or to engage in laborious occupations. But we notice that her voice is not sweetly feminine, nor is her presence timid, tender, and winning. There is wanting that diffident sexual consciousness, which gently woos, and, at the same time, modestly repels, and tends to awaken interest, curiosity, and desire, considering also that she has never manifested any inclination to menstruate, we are irresistibly led to the conclusion that the ovaries are wanting, the delicate mustache upon the upper lip, the undeveloped breasts, the coarse features, and her taste for masculine pursuits, all concur in this diagnosis, thus we account for the harshness of the voice, fitted for command rather than to express the mellow, persuasive cadences of love, such a malformation cannot be remedied, retention and suppression from morbid conditions of the blood, non-appearance, as well as suppression of the menses, may result from an abnormal state of the blood, the first condition which demands our attention under this head is plethora, in robust, plethoric females the menses are sometimes very tardy in their appearance, and every month the attempt to establish this function is attended with pain in the head, lines, and back chilliness, nausea, and bloating of the abdomen, sometimes there is intolerance of light or sound, and cerebral congestion, amounting almost to apoplectic symptoms, the pulse is full and strong, the blood abundant and surcharged with red corpuscles, such persons may be accustomed to a luxurious living, and there is evidently a predisposition to abnormal activity of the elementary functions, treatment. We may briefly suggest that such subjects should engage in laborious physical exercise in order to expend the surplus of vitality, and should lessen the daily amount of food taken, and use that which is light and in stimulating. We should also prevent the determination of blood to the head, by keeping it cool and the feet warm, and by increasing the flow of blood to the extremities. The volume of the circulation may be diminished by acting upon the natural outlets, such as the skin, kidneys, and bowels. The proper means and appliances for quickening the circulation of the blood are indicated, and friction upon the surface, bathing, the daily use of such cathartics as drive pierces pleasant pellets, and, finally, the use of some general uterine stimulant, such as drive pierces favorite prescription, will generally prove successful in cases of amenorrhea resulting from plethora, retention and suppression from ANAMIA, to describe the condition of the patient whose blood is low and deprived of the richness warmth, and bloom, it once possessed when it kindled admiration and enthusiasm in others, is but to give a picture of a numerous class of female invalids, it is sad to see beauty fading, vigor waning, 
and Bright's disease or consumption slowly wasting the blood and consuming the vital cells, until the spirit can no longer dwell in its earthly abode and death claims the skeleton for dust. Chronic decline, with its attendant anemia, may be induced by bad habits, destitution, or constitutional depravity, sickly forms, wrecks of health, address our senses on every side. All these subjects evidently once had a capital in life, sufficient, if properly and carefully husbanded, to comfortably afford them vital stamina and length of days. Alas, they had squandered their estate, perchance in idleness and luxurious living, or have wasted it in vanities or misdirected ambition. Having become bankrupts in health, there is necessarily a failure of the menstrual function, and then follows a panic. All the blame of the insolvency and general derangement is unjustly attributed to the non-performance of the duties of the uterus. Thus, this organ is altogether dependent upon the general health for its functional ability, yet frequently treatment is instituted to compel menstruation, regardless of the condition of the system. Thus the enfeebled uterus is wrongfully held responsible for general disorder, because it ceases to act, when by acting it would further deplete the blood and thus materially contribute to the already existing chronic decline. No matter what are the causes of this decline, whether they are the follies of fashion, the effect of indolence, debility in consequence of insufficient food, perversion of nutrition by irregular habits, lack of exercise, or the taking of drastic medicines, the result is anemia and amenorrhea. Treatment. We would suggest in such cases a nutritious diet, increased exercise, cleanliness, regular habits, hard beds, and full employment. The diet may be improved by animal broths, roasted meats, fresh beef, mutton, chicken, or eggs, and the dress should be comfortable, warm, and permit freedom of motion. The patient should indulge in amusing exercises, walking, swinging, riding, games of croquet, traveling, singing, percussing the expanded chest, or engaging healthful calisthenic exercises. The hygienic treatment of this form of amenorrhea, then, consists in physical culture regular bathing, and the regulation of the bowels, if constipated, as suggested in this volume under the head of constipation, the medical treatment should be directed to enriching the blood, improving nutrition, toning up the generative organs, and the health of the whole system, this requires the employment of uterine and general tonics, and drive Pierce's favorite prescription, which is sold by druggists, happily combines the properties required, it improves digestion, enriches the blood, exercises a tonic and gently stimulating effect upon the uterus and ovaries, and thus promotes the function of menstruation. It is not a strong amenagogue, but operates slowly, yet surely, and in accordance with physiological laws, being eminently congenial in its effects upon the female system, and, hence, not liable to do harm. There is danger in employing active driving medicines. Besides, no amenagogue, however powerful, can establish the menstrual function so long as the system is in a debilitated condition and the blood reduced. The restorative effects of the favorite prescription should be secured by administering it regularly, in from one due to teaspoonful doses, three or four times a day, for several weeks, and as the system is built up and those symptoms appear which indicate a return of the menses, their visitation may be encouraged by the use of hot foot and sits baths and free doses of Drive Pierce's compound extract of smart weed, but the latter should only be used when symptoms of approaching menstruation are manifested. By following out this course of treatment, a soft flush will gradually take the place of the pallor of the cheeks, the appetite will return and the health will be restored.
Acute suppression of the menses may be caused by strong emotions, as excessive joy, or by violent excitement of the propensities, as intense anger, sudden fright, fear, or anxiety. Suppression may result from sudden exposure to cold, immersion of the hands or feet in cold water, drinking cold water when the body is heated, sitting on the cold ground or damp grass, or from a burn or wound. It is not uncommon for women to labor in the heated washroom, pounding, rubbing, and wringing soiled linen, thereby overtaxing the delicate physical system, while feeling tired and jaded, all reeking in perspiration. They rinse and wring the clothes out of cold water and hang them upon the line with arms bare, when the atmosphere is so freezing that the garments stiffen before they finish this part of the task. Is it any wonder that acute suppressions occur or that inflammations set in? The symptoms which naturally follow are a quick pulse, hot skin, thirst, fever, headache, and dizziness, and the inflammation may locate in the ovaries, uterus, lungs, bowels, brain, or other parts. No matter what organs are attacked the menses are suppressed. The suppression can generally be attributed to an adequate cause, resulting in constitutional disturbance. The severity and duration of the attack and the power of the constitution to resist it, must determine the gravity of the consequences. Treatment, as acute suppression of the menses is due to derangement of the circulation of the blood, caused by taking cold, by violent excitement of the propensities or excessively strong emotional experience. The prominent indication is to secure its speedy equalization. Give a hot foot, a warm sits, or the spirit vapor bath and administer full doses of Drive Pierce's compound extract of smart weed, to produce free perspiration. Dr. Abril, a very celebrated medical author, says that he used the extract of smart weed in 20 cases of amenorrhea, and affirms, with no other remedy or mode of treatment have I been so successful as with this. Our experience in the use of the extract has been equally satisfactory. Should this treatment not establish the function, Dr. Pierce's favorite prescription should be given three times a day until the system is invigorated, say for 28 days, when the above course may be repeated, and generally with success. Should the case be complicated with inflammation of the lungs, brain, or other vital organs, manifesting alarming symptoms, the family physician should be called. The treatment should be active and sweet to the indications of each particular case. When the disease becomes chronic, the active stage of symptoms having passed, and it continues to linger without making the desired improvement, all the means suggested for the treatment of suppression from anemia should be employed. Their use will be followed by the most gratifying results. It should be borne in mind, however, that when we have suggested any treatment in this volume, it is generally such as the family may institute and apply and does not, by any means, represent the variety or extent of the remedial resources which we employ when consulted in person or by letter. We refer our readers to only a few of the safe and reliable remedies which we have prepared and placed within their reach, and give them just such hygienic advice as we think will best serve their interests. Painful menstruation, dysmenorrhea, from its Greek derivation, signifies a difficult monthly flow and is applied to menstruation when that function becomes painful and difficult. Menstruation, like other healthy operations of the body, should be painless, but too frequently it is the case, that discomfort and distress commence 24 hours before the flow appears, and continue with increasing pain, sickness at the stomach, and vomiting, until the patient has to take to the bed. When the discharge does occur, speedy relief is sometimes obtained and the patient suffers no more during that menstrual period. 
with others, the commencement of the function is painless, but from 6 to 24 hours after, the flow is arrested and the patient then experiences acute suffering. Pain may be felt in the back, loins, and down the thighs. Sometimes it is of a lancine adding, neuralgic kind, at others, it is more like colic. Frequently the distress causes lassitude, fever, general uneasiness, and a sense of lethargy. There are those who suffer more or less during the entire period of the flow, while the distress of others terminates at the time when a membranous cast is expelled. For convenience of description, dysmenorrhea has been divided into the following varieties, neuralgic, congestive, inflammatory, membranous, and obstructive. The neuralgic variety of dysmenorrhea, sometimes called spasmodic or idiopathic, occurs when there is excessive sensibility of the ovaries and uterine nerves, which sympathetically respond, especially to cutaneous, biliary, and sexual irritation, and when ovarian or uterine irritation is communicated to distant nerve centers, in the first class, usually comprising lean persons of an encephalic temperament, whatever disorders the functions of the general system, instantaneously reflects upon the ovaries and uterine nerves, and the menstrual function is correspondingly disturbed, and, instead of being painless, the flow becomes spasmodic, with paroxysms of distress, in the second class, which includes those persons who are plethoric, the ovarian and uterine nerves seem to be the origin and center of irritation, which is sometimes so severe as to cause indescribable pain, we have known women who affirmed that the severity of labor pains was not so great as that from this cause, in one instance, the subject suffered thus for eleven years, and then became a mother, and has ever asserted that her periodic suffering was far more intense than the pain experienced during her confinement. These neuralgic pains fly along the tracks of nerves to different organs, and capriciously dart from point to point with marvelous celerity, producing nausea, headache, and sometimes delirium. In the congestive variety of dysmenorrhea, the menstrual period may be ushered in without pain, after a few hours. The pulse becomes stronger and more rapid. The skin grows hot and dry. The menses stop. There is uneasiness, restlessness, and severe pelvic pains. Evidently, the mucous membranes of the fallopian tubes and uterus have become congested, and the pain results from the arrest of the functional process. The exudation of blood. The causes are plethora. Exposure to cold. Excitement of the emotions or passions. And a morbid condition of the blood. Sometimes congestion arises in consequence of a displacement of the uterus. In the inflammatory variety, the mucous membrane of the uterus is the seat of irritation. The blood flows into the capillary vessels in greater abundance than is natural, and those vessels become overdilated and enfeebled and so altered in their sensibility as to produce local excitement and pain. It may be associated with inflammation of the ovaries, peritoneum, or bladder. Upon the return of the menses, there is a dull, heavy, fixed pot.